Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I am super excited for today's episode because I have my friend Ashrita Tawari with me. And, you know, I don't know if you are like me, probably are, or like a lot of people, that sometimes you're trying to make changes in your life and you just can't figure out why you keep self-sabotaging yourself. You know, there's, there's things that you want to accomplish, there's things that you want to do, but you're sitting there and it's almost like you're just trapped in your consciousness and just can't move forward. Well, stay tuned because if you have felt that, if you've ever felt that, and if you haven't, you probably will, if you haven't already, then make sure and listen to this entire episode because what we're going to talk about today are some of the keys to helping you unlock that and get you to be able to have those things in life that you really want. So with that, let's roll the episode. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford. And you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So, let's get started. All right, Ashrita. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me here, Jason. I'm really excited for this conversation. Well, I hope so. If not, you're gonna you're gonna be before the end, right? It's <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's 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 funny because we as we were talking before, I mean, you have a varied background, which I think um is is an amazing thing. I mean, that's why I, you know, one thing I love to do is learn. And 
and we really don't learn or, or, or how we really learn is when we're able to be trained or learn about a lot of different things and be able to find the commonalities with it. Right. So, so maybe to start off, um, cause I've known you for a little while, but even as before we hit record, there were some things I didn't know about you. Right. So maybe just, just give people a little thumbnail as to who you are, and then we'll jump into talking about the main, the main topic for today to be able to help people out. Yeah, thank you. Um, so hi, everyone. So um, I, my name is Ashrita and I was, so it's interesting. I was actually not born in the United States. I'm currently, I currently live in the United States, but I wasn't born here. I came to the United States um, at age six. And um, for those of you who live in the United States, you probably have heard of the American dream, the immigrant story that many people from around the world will come to the United States to, to reach this American dream. And that's exactly what my family did, my parents did. So prior to uh, coming to the United States at age six, my parents actually left me and my brother in Nepal for several years. Um, and they came here and, and really looking for the dream, dream, dream uh, work and life, right? Because in Nepal, for those of you who don't know, Nepal is a third world country and there really isn't a lot of opportunities there. Um, nowadays, there is because of the Internet, right? The power mm -hmm. of the Internet, which we can talk about. Um, but back in the 1980s, there really wasn't any opportunities. And so my, my parents were seeking a better future for themselves and their family. And so they came here. And for us, that was a big deal back then. Um, because getting a visa to the United States, is like just winning the lottery, right? That's like a huge thing. And so I came here when I was age six. And the purpose of um, my brother and I coming here was to become educated, right? There isn't a lot of educational opportunities in Nepal. There wasn't, at least when I was little. And um, the whole goal was for us to do really well in the United States and get into a good college like many people want, right? Um, and get a new, get a good job, live a good life. And so, so I came to the United States at age six. However, my family wasn't really necessarily well off or wealthy, right? So I grew up living in a household with five people. So it was my parents, my brother and I, and my sister who was born here in the United States. And there was five of us living in a one bedroom apartment for so long. And we kind of moved around a lot when I was a little girl um, from apartment to apartment. And many of the apartments were a little and we work, we woke up, work, we, we grew up working class. And um, I'm really grateful, actually, for those experiences that I had at my early ages, because I, I learned a lot about myself and my work, my own work ethic. But at the same time, there were a lot of things that um, also uh, made things a little bit difficult when I when I became an adult. And I actually a little bit more about me. I ended up being the first person in my family to attend college, to go to college. I got into my dream college, which is Boston College and uh, became the first in my family which was huge for us and then a couple years later I ended up getting my master's which was I also was the first with my master's in higher ed and leadership and while I was in my program in my master's program I became really interested in health and wellness just because I wanted to balance everything that I was doing myself so I kind of just fell on it like it wasn't even something I planned 
And I realized when I would focus on my health and wellness and really focus on my habits that I actually was excelling in my classes as well. And I was excelling in my internships. Um, And so I knew there was something there and I started to really just follow that. Like it was an intuitive knowing that I just followed. Um, And a couple of years later, I actually ended up becoming certified as a personal trainer because I realized, oh, this is something I'm really good at. And people are asking me a lot of questions about this. So maybe I can start really working in this. And so I started my business in personal training while I was working full time. And um, it wasn't until maybe recently, uh, until this year that I left my nine to five job that I had gone to school for many years for and decided to go all in on my business. And so now I'm actually a hypnotherapist and I work with clients on helping them clear their subconscious fears and help them through self-sabotage, right? Help them through their habits. Um, And yeah, that's kind of a little bit of what I do now. And, And I know there's a lot to explore there, Jason. So um, well, there is, there, there's a lot to unpack there, which is <laughs> yeah. what, what we're doing right now. What's, what's interesting, because, you know, again, we talk on my podcast, we talk about what we talk about, but we talk about a lot of things that we don't talk about, too. Right. So. So one of the things that I that I found interesting that I want to make sure that people don't jump over is the experience you had there when you were in college. Mm-hmm. And and so make sure that I heard this right. Is you said, you know, when I when I started focusing on my habits and on my health, mm-hmm. I realized right that my schoolwork was going better, everything else was going better, right? And and I think this is it's it's one of those key lessons for people, and it's sometimes it's pretty damn hard to to let go and to go that way, right? Because it seems you know, especially immigrant to this country, I, you know, I I know, you know, most, you know, first generation immigrant families, there's a lot of pressure put on the kids because it's like, we sacrificed, we came to this country, we're sending you Boston College, great, great higher ed institution, right? And it's like, so they're, they're putting all their hopes and their dreams and their investment in you. And so I'm sure there was a lot of pressure for you to do well at school. But what's so interesting is that when we take the time for those habits, for our health, it seems counterintuitive, right? Like I'm, I'm taking time away from my schoolwork Mm -hmm. to go to the gym or do whatever I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But by doing it, it actually helps you in this other part of your life. Is that normal? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, actually, it, it, that that is part of taking care of yourself and creating habits and routines for yourself, right? So for my for myself, right, I realized that the more that I would focus on my physical health, which was committing to my workouts at that time, um, when I first explored uh, health and wellness, I really got into CrossFit. So I don't know if your audience knows CrossFit, but I was really competitive and an athlete in that. And the more that I committed to showing up for my classes, a lot of times it was early, right? The more that I would have clarity throughout the day in regards to my classes and the lessons that I was teaching. At that time, I was also um, a teacher. I was a TA and teaching a group of students. They were like almost the same age as me, right? Here I am in front of a, a classroom, a college classroom, teaching at least like 40 to 50 students. And so 
in a way, the health and wellness allowed me to build confidence in myself, right? But also stay productive and stay focused. When So when I had to sit down and write a research paper, or if I had to like um, read a whole book within a week, which was which was something they asked for a lot, right? During that time, I could actually sit and focus. And that's because I gave my brain a break when I would take care of myself, right? When I would exercise. Um, and it also just gave me more energy internally, right? So, and I actually tested this out a little bit where I was like, okay, let me see what would happen if I don't exercise for like exercise and like really focus on my nutrition and running. I also got into like marathon, half marathon running at that time. Let me just not do this for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And I noticed that my energy level just went way down, right? Like it was just way down and I felt not motivated. I didn't feel energized to do my work. So for me, I feel like the exercise, the eating well, the really making sure I'm cooking food for myself and rather than eating out, right? Those things, yes, they take time, right? Um, but for me, it felt so worth it because I noticed how different I felt. And it was really, for me, it was the feeling because that that was what was driving my productivity and my motivation, right? All of that came along with taking care of myself. Well, and I'm guessing you probably hear this from your clients because I've heard this from people that I know. I felt this way myself, right? Where, <clears throat> where sometimes we think, you know what? I don't have time to go for a half an hour walk. Yeah. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to eat more healthy, right? It's, it's much quicker to just go through the drive-through, uh, you know, and because we don't have time, but isn't it more, we, we can't afford not to take the time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because of, because of the benefits that you see, like you said, you even tried where you went for a couple of weeks without it mm -hmm. and you could tell a big difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the other part that I didn't share also was, you know, a big part of why I got into health and wellness, the driving motivation for me was I grew up um, watching my mom. So my mom actually developed schizophrenia at a very young age. So it's a mental illness for those of you who don't know. And they, uh, when you have schizophrenia, there's a lot of hallucination and you see things, right? Um, and so growing up, there was a lot of chaos in my household because of that. And on top of that, I watched my mom develop diabetes. And I watched this as a little girl, her kind of get worse every year, right, through her lifestyle. And although like, I didn't make that connection at first, the more I started to dive into this work, I realized, oh, that's why I've been so motivated by this work was because on an in, like on a subconscious level, I was holding on to this belief that I didn't want to be like my mom. Like I didn't want to end up like my mom. And that was the work that I discovered more when I started to dive into subconscious reprogramming and like understanding some of those beliefs that we don't normally look at. Um, but for me, one of the motivating things was my mom. And, um, and I think many people in, in, that are listening to probably can relate to this, right? Have probably watched either family members or friends close to them who have probably on an unconscious level, right, create, have created choices that have led to some sort of illness or some sort of weight gain or some sort of mental, um, mental illness or something, right? And, and a lot of it is things that we can control, which is empowering, right? It's, this is, it's really empowering to know, hey, we can control this. And the choices that we make, the lifestyle choices we make can make a big difference in 
whether you end up getting diabetes or not, right? Or whether you end up with some sort of um, illness, right? That we can actually prevent. And so a driving factor for me was also this, knowing that like my mom had schizophrenia, my mom had developed diabetes and my father also has, um, he has arthritis, right? And so it's like, I, I grew up with all of these health complications and um, I didn't really know at a young age that what was driving it. I just knew that there was something that wasn't right. Like something that my parents were doing was they were missing something. Right. And so um, and then when I started exploring CrossFit, I, I noticed how great I felt and how how more confident I felt in the classroom, even in dating. I felt so much more confident dating. Right. Um, and so I knew that I had to keep following that. Like there was something there. And so. So yeah, you're right. I think people don't realize that yes, right now it might feel like it's going to take time out of your schedule, but think about how much time you're saving later on in in those years, right? Like and I've watched my parents just take tons of pills, right? Like and pharmaceutical pills that actually yes, they're helping their symptoms temporarily, but they're creating all these other complications in the long run, right? So and so I don't know if that's helpful to hear that, but that was also part of why I was so committed to my health and wellness, because I, I've seen, I've, I, I, I've observed what it can do when you don't focus on your health and wellness. Oh, what's interesting, because like you said, it's, it's not just, you know, years down the line, which obviously there are benefits as right. we get older, right? The more active we are now, the more we avoid certain things in the future. Some right. of us wait right? Until those things crop up. And then it's like, oh, shit, now I've got to do something because I do have diabetes or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But but what's interesting is even even at the short micro thing, right? Like that that decision that we're consciously trying to make of, well, I don't really have a half an hour to go for a walk. Well, but isn't your productivity probably going to be greater even in that current day by probably more than the 30 minutes Right. If you take that time away and then come back to do what it is that you need to do. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's actually not good for our brains to be constantly just working, right? You actually want to give your brain a break. So mm-hmm. whether that's just like maybe taking a, a lunch break at noon or maybe in the morning, whatever it is, but I always recommend my clients that they make some effort to like get out of their desks, right. And just move for a little bit, right. Whether it's just going outside for 15 minutes. And, and I don't know if you talk about this, but just being outside, right. Like being out there with sun is so helpful for our health. Like it actually helps our immune system and it helps us in so many ways that people don't realize. And just a simple act of walking, there's so many health benefits just to walking. And, you know, I know I talked about CrossFit and all of that, right but you don't have to do that. You can just go for a walk, right. And start making that a habit. Yeah. Well, it's something easy that anybody can do, right. No matter what you're at. I mean, I, (laughs) a little about me, right. I I grew up being a runner, right. I I ran cross country and track and everything and, and was always, you know, always did good about going for my run every day. I haven't done that so well the last little while as I've gotten to middle age. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now, what am I doing, right? I mean, I've, I've got down to 5Ks that I'm going to be running here in the next couple of months. Nice. Now, am I ready for it yet? No, right? And, and honestly, I've been sedentary for so long that I can't just go out and run like I used to run, right? Like it hurt myself. 
I mean, my body doesn't want to move that way. So right now I'm just walking. I'm just going for a half an hour walk each day, telling myself I am a runner. And we're going to get to that here in just a second when we talk more about the subconscious stuff. But, um, But it's just that little step. Anybody can do some simple things. That, that will provide some benefit anyway. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I so love that you're doing that. And I think it's also less about you. Yes, you want to get to that 5K, but the fact that you're just taking the step now to work towards that is amazing. Um, and the other thing is like, you know, the older we get, we actually are supposed to be increasing our activity level, not decreasing it, yeah. right? We've been, we've been conditioned and taught completely backwards, right? By our society. <laughs> Well, and it's, and it's funny because, you know, as I was, I, I kind of made that decision, I'm going to do it. I kind of picked a date a couple months out knowing again, I mean, 5k, I used to run those like in 14 minutes, right? That was like, wow, can't do that anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to. Right. But, but I set something out. And then as I was talking to my wife about it, she said, I said, yeah, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff around the holidays, but I don't think I'm going to quite be ready for that. And she's like, well, why not? You can always walk. It's a run walk. And I'm like, well, of course, even if I can't run the whole time, I could still sign up and run what I can and walk what I can. You know, it's, it's, it's a matter of us just kind of changing some of those stories, but we can do it and it's worth it for us to take the time. So don't, don't tell myself I don't have time for it. Make time for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I wanted to go back to what you were you talking about a little bit from your from your childhood because I think this is going to tie well into some of this clearing of your subconscious fears and some of the other things that you're helping people with that I know we all deal with, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as you were talking about your your parents and some of the things that they had gone through, mm-hmm. and realized that you know this was kind of a subconscious driver behind you wanting to get more into fitness right and 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 so that was a way that it that it kind of helped or or drove you and it seems like there's there's that instance where again there's probably usually some subconscious reasons why we want to not be like our parents Mm -hmm. but on the flip side other people think oh I can't change I can't be any different Mm -hmm. than my parents right And so, you know, it seems like there's subconscious things either holding us back or propelling us and we don't even realize it. Right. And, and so much of the time we end up kind of sabotaging ourselves because there is some subconscious thing that's, that's there. So maybe let's, let's kind of talk about that a little bit, because I know you have a background in hypnotherapy. I've been doing it for a while, not as, as, as a, as a person who, who has benefited from it. Right. Cause I'm not a hypnotherapist, yeah. but I understand, you know, a lot of the power of the subconscious. So let's kind of get in and, and, and talk about that because as I said, you know, I, I think a lot of people, they get frustrated, they get down on themselves, they beat themselves up because they think, you know, damn it. Why, why, can I not change my life? Why can I not do what I want to do? And often there's something subconscious that needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like that, right? A lot of people are 
asking themselves why they can't change. And one thing I do want to say is that, um, like, don't beat yourself up about it, right? Because I work with clients now, and they tend to be like, well, why can't I change this? Even though knowing this information, why can't I change it? And if you really think about it, right, like, many of us have been conditioned for years, right, to think a specific way and believe a certain thing. And so in order for us to reprogram that, it's going to take some time, it's going to take some consistency, it's going to take that we have some grace for ourselves. And so I, I want people to understand that the reason that they're probably self-sabotaging or they're into self-doubt or they have these fears, it's, it's because they've they've learned this unconsciously without knowing this is how they're supposed to be. Right. And so we have, we do have to be kind to ourselves because like when I started doing this work, right. A couple of years ago, I w I had these set of these beliefs and ways of being that I had learned over like 30 plus years of my life. So I couldn't expect myself to change this overnight. Right. So that's one thing that I do want to start with in saying that, like, you have to be kind to yourself when you're doing this work with the subconscious reprogramming, because it's been something that's been in our subconscious mind for most of our lives. And on top of that, prior to our lives. So meaning your parents have carried these beliefs, right? Your, your ancestors have carried these beliefs. So we really have to be kind to ourselves when we start thinking about like, why isn't this working fast enough? Right. Um, but back to what you were saying, um, really, and, and I know how, I don't know how much you've shared about the subconscious mind here, but the way that I look at subconscious reprogramming is it's really a way for us to tap into our potential, right? We always hear people say, oh my gosh, as a human, we have so much potential, human potential, all of that, right? You hear that a lot. And when you really get into your subconscious mind and start rewiring those those ingrained beliefs that we're not even aware of and those those emotions, right? we start to really tap into the potential that we do have as humans and our brain, right? Our brain, 90% of our brain is our, our subconscious mind and 10% of our brain is our conscious mind, right? So our subconscious mind is where, um, where all of our beliefs, our emotions are, right? Our spirituality is also there. Um, and it's also the part of our brain that allows me to breathe right now without thinking about it. Right. It allows my my heart to pump without me thinking about it. My lungs are pumping without me thinking about it. Right. There's a whole world inside our human body that's being controlled by the subconscious mind that we're not even aware of. Right. Because that's that's the type of like power that we actually have and people don't realize it. Um, and so when we're tapping into the subconscious mind, it's really a focused state of awareness and it's a way for us to really reprogram some of those beliefs that are ingrained in our mind and bring them up and, and show like why maybe you're into self-sabotage behaviors, right? Why maybe these certain fears keep coming up. So for example, my clients that I work with, they have a lot of anxiety and fears that come up when it comes to being seen and heard in their business. And the reason that that's coming up is because it's in their subconscious mind and these fears have been there for a really long time. And most of the time it has nothing really to do even with their business, right? It's more around their own beliefs and their emotions and the way that they think about themselves and feel about themselves. So, um, so yes, the subconscious programming is super powerful. And um, that's one thing that I realized when I was a personal trainer, right? I was doing a lot of habits work with my clients and my clients were coming to me because they wanted to lose weight. Right. And many of my clients would lose weight. I would give them the program. I would give them the nutrition plan. I would give them the mindset even. Right. 
Um, and they would be able to lose the 10 pounds, but then a couple of weeks later, or maybe a couple of months later, they would regain those, that weight. And so for me, I was like, okay, there's something that's not sticking here. Right. And I knew it was when I, once I started to learn about subconscious reprogramming, that it was because their beliefs, right. They still have these beliefs about themselves, um, about being overweight. Right. And they still have this identity that they're carrying around about themselves that isn't actually helping them keep that weight off. And so a lot of this work is around um, our beliefs, our emotions, but it's also around looking into our identity, right? And looking at um, how do we actually see ourselves, right? So for example, when I I, I entered a, um, I don't know if you know, but if you remember, but I did my first bodybuilding competition last year, right? And it took me a while to get there. And I really had to reprogram my mind to see myself already as someone who's a bodybuilder, who's on stage, right? It took me a really long time and I had to really dig into my beliefs and dig into um, the thoughts that I was having around myself about becoming a bodybuilder. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that that's, that's a little bit of that work and, and, um, and for self-sabotage, right? It's the same thing. So I know a lot of people who will like get into binge eating, right? Binge eating is a thing. And that's a thing that actually I personally struggled with years ago. And um, it wasn't until I started doing subconscious reprogramming and really looking at why certain emotions kept coming up for me, really looking at that emotions and why it was coming up for me and start really shifting that. That's when I started to, was able to overcome binge eating as well. But really our, you know, our, you, you probably talk about this, Jason, right? Like, our thoughts will lead to how we feel, right? And how we feel comes from our beliefs and our beliefs kind of causes our behavior, right? Like how we behave in the world. And so it, we have to be really careful with that. And it, it comes down straight to like pretty much our thoughts and our beliefs. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because as you were talking there, there's a, you know, you talked about the 10%, 90%, you know, and again, it depends on who you talk to. Some people say 10%, some say 5%. Yeah. you know, whatever. Right. right. What, what, what it means is that, you know, there, there's a, there's a misconception out there because I've heard this from a lot of people. We only use 10% of our brain. We only use 5% of our brain. Mm. Nope. We yeah. use a hundred percent of our brain, but only five to 10% of our brain processing is conscious. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's me sitting here going, Oh, I'm looking at my hand. Oh, I'm looking at a Shrita. I'm, right. I'm talking to her. I'm sitting in my office, right? It's our, that conscious part of our brain is only represents five to 10%. So, you know, for, for people that are, are having trouble procrastinating, mm. you know, or, or have some of these different fears or anxiety that come up for you to sit there and think that five to 10% of your brain and your conscious willpower of sitting here going, I'm going to go outside and go for a walk. I'm going right. to go out there, right? <laughs> that, that consciousness will never beat the 90%. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and that's why, you know, a lot of these different um, tools to help us access and reprogram the subconscious are so powerful, yeah. right? Because it's literally like you're going in and changing the computer code in your brain. Right. Exactly. Right? And I, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why you got into, into hypnotherapy as well. Right. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe talk a little bit about that or how that, how that kind of works a little bit too, because again, I know 
I've talked about it a lot in some other podcasts and other places, but maybe not so much on this particular one of what it is. Because that word typically scares people, Yeah, but there's nothing to be scared about. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so really when I go through a hypnosis session with my clients, all I'm really doing is I'm taking them through a series of exercises to relax their mind, right? Because we live in such a crazy chaotic world that's always telling us to go, go, go and do, do, do that people have like most people, especially for high achiever, right? They've become so conditioned to like being in high alert. And what I've noticed also is that most of my clients don't even know how to breathe properly, right? Because they're just in this constant go, go, go. They don't even, they're not even breathing properly. Right. And so with my hypnosis, what I do is I help them relax their mind. Right. And it's really just when I, when I help them relax, what I'm doing is I'm helping them slow down their brainwave state. Right. And they're going from, they're going from alpha and theta state. So what we're doing is we, we pass the conscious mind and we access the subconscious mind by slowing down your brainwave state. And when we do that, that's when our subconscious mind is actually open to receiving whatever we're telling it. Right. And for many people, the work that I do, the, in hypnosis is around self-worth, self-love, right? Habits. Our life is created by our habits, right? So we really focus on the habits that we have. Um, and for, for some people, there's a lot of work that they need to do from their childhood, right? So we'll do a lot of inner child work, and then we'll do a lot of future future work as well, like seeing your future self. And so really what we're doing is we're just helping people get into a calmer state. So it's similar to meditation, right? A lot of people I know that's more popular now and people aren't scared by that. So it's similar process, right? But now we're just getting them into a certain brainwave state where they're open to receiving whatever I'm telling them. Because the thing is, our subconscious mind is is, is most open when we do that. However, our subconscious mind is always, it's always on, right? So what I mean by that is like, we might, like, we might not be consciously processing something, but our subconscious mind is always processing it, right? From billboards to whatever watching on TV, sounds all over the place. Um, maybe if you're with friends, friends saying things that maybe consciously you're like, oh, that's not a big deal, but then it goes into your subconscious mind, right? So our subconscious mind is literally processing all the time, like you said, and super powerful. And so when we bring them into just a relaxed state, we're just kind of opening that up more and we're giving it new thoughts and beliefs that are actually going to empower my clients and actually help them build new habits and help them develop a better relationship with themselves. Right. Um, And so I don't know if that answers your question a little bit, but yeah, it's really so. And I know there's a lot of misconception, right? Like people think that, you know, when you're in a, in hypnosis, you lose control. Like none of that happens, right? You're in full control. You'll never lose control. Um, and there's a lot of misconception from the media around like stage hypnosis. There is a, a such thing called stage hypnosis, but even with stage hypnosis, we still have full control, right? You're not losing control over what you're doing, your body and your emotions. You can have full control through that. So um, it's really just a place for us to tap into your subconscious mind and rewire those thoughts, right? Because so many of us live in a world where, or in our minds, I would say that like, it's always negative and our brain loves to focus on the negative, right? Like how many times have you been given a really good compliments from people? And there's that one person, maybe that doesn't give you a good compliment. And all you do is focus on that, that negative compliment, right? Or that negative comment, comment for those of you who have businesses. 
Um, and so our brain loves to focus on the negative. So in the hypnosis session, what we're doing is we're really slowing down, allowing you to relax, right? Because our natural state is actually to be relaxed. It's not to be hyper, you know, hyper intense and breathing like shallow breathing, which is something that I noticed that a lot of people in our world today, they don't breathe properly. And that was the case for me too, because I started to do some breath work. And I was like, Oh, I can't even hold my breath for that long, right? I can't even hold it in and out for that long. Um, so yeah, it's really just a, a session to like focus on what are the beliefs that you want to have? What are the thoughts that you want to have? Right. And how are these thoughts and beliefs are going to, how are they going to empower you to whatever goal you have, whether it's losing weight, whether it's um, having a successful business, whatever it is that you're, you're looking to do. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting as you're, as you're kind of going through that, because again, I mean, for me, that's been doing this for years. I understand. I understand how the brain works and in, in trying to do that. But like you said, it's, it's slowing down our brain waves, but I know a lot of people are still a little hesitant or they're like, well, I could never be hypnotized or that wouldn't work on me or, you know, whatever else. But, you know, again, it's like how, how many, how many times have you been sitting there and you kind of zone out, right? You're listening to music or, I mean, I do this all the time where I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to music. I'm in a certain head space, right? In fact, there's actually a meditation app called Headspace, I think for that reason, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm in a certain headspace and all of a sudden my wife will say something to me and it's like she's pulling me out of a sleep almost. Like I know she's talking to me, but I have no idea what she's saying, right? And I have to like pull myself back out and kind of go, okay, can you say that again? Because I didn't get that, right? Right, right. Because during the day, we all right get into some trance like states during yeah. the day when we're watching movies when we're doing you know different things like that we tend to get into that phase already mm-hmm. it's just you know being able to either put ourselves there by using something like meditation or some other tech breathing techniques mm-hmm. or doing something like a hypnotherapy session which is just a lot quicker right yeah. and being able to get you down and then have the help of somebody else going in there in rewriting the program, yeah, right? Which exactly. is, which is why I gave the little hint before, if everybody was listening, right? When I'm walking, and when I am, uh, uh, you know, quietly relaxing, one of the things that I'm saying to myself is, "I am a runner." Yes. I am a runner. Yeah. Right. I am a runner, mm-hmm. and I've, you know, again, I've, I had a little medical procedure done, so I can't, I can't work out, you know, for another week or so until that's all done, but I can still go for a walk. And what's the interesting thing is, you know, I've been telling myself this regularly for a week or two. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm holding myself back, I'm still just walking, Mm -hmm. you know, again for another week, I can feel myself as I'm walking, like my body just wants to start running, (laughs) which is, is, it's kind of weird because again, by doing that, I'm, I'm reprogramming myself that I am a runner. I am a runner. I am a runner. Mm -hmm. And so at that identity or belief level, I'm starting to believe it Mm -hmm. so much so that my body is, is seeing itself or wanting to physically take off besides me, me just going through it in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And our subconscious mind is so smart, right? Like it remembers because you used to be a runner, right? Uh, Yes, I was. So it remembers that. And on top of that, we have muscle memories, 
well, right? So I think when you start writing, you'll be surprised at how much easier it is than you actually think. Um, so that's just something I wanted to put out there for you. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it will be. Like yeah. I said, if I hadn't had this little medical procedure last week, I would have already probably been out there going. And, 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 and it's like you said, it's the muscle memory. Once, once we're used to doing anything, mm-hmm. whenever we stop, it's so much easier to get on and go again. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why there's the, you know, you already know how to ride a bike, right? Even right. though you haven't ridden a bike in, in forever, you can yeah. just get on a bike and you just start riding again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you're telling yourself that you're a runner already, right? Even though right now you're not able to run, you're already, you're already like letting your subconscious mind know, like, this is the identity that I have for myself. And this is, this is who I am. Right. And so that is really, really powerful because I think that a lot of times people are like, well, I can't really say I am that thing until I do it. And that's not always the case. You can start telling yourself, like, for example, before I got on stage, I was already telling myself I'm on stage, right? I, I already started, even in my hypnosis, I already started visualizing myself on stage and doing my walk and being really confident. And when I ended up doing my bodybuilding competition, it actually turned out to be the exact thing that I actually visualized in my subconscious, when I was doing my subconscious reprogramming, which I thought was super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um so you don't actually have to also wait until you do that thing for you to start um, working on that that internal work. That's what I like to say, right? So even with a lot of my a lot of the coaches that I work with, right? Some of them haven't even had any clients yet. Like they haven't um, enrolled any new clients, but they're already work doing this work to step into this identity as a coach, as someone who's helping clients and they're already doing that internal work. And many times what happens is because they've done this work, the subconscious reprogramming work, it's so much easier for them once they're ready to get the client to work on this business, right? And just do the things that they need to do. Whereas a lot of times um, what I see is that there's a lot of people in business who haven't done this internal work and they might make it far, right, to a certain extent, but they hit they hit like the ceiling because they they haven't done that actual internal work. And so that internal work, what I'm saying is doesn't start in the beginning. It like it's an ongoing thing, no matter where you are in your business as well. Yeah. Well, so you know, because I know we 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 kind of talked about at the beginning, right? Those things that kind of I mean, the, these are some things that we all, you know, we all have fears. We all find ourselves sometimes procrastinating, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like we have to be perfect at everything, right? Yeah. Bef- before we'll do anything. I mean, again, that's that's crazy, right? That's like me saying, well, unless unless I could be a world class marathoner, I'm not even going to go out and run, right? Right. right? It's it's like everything has to start from somewhere. The self doubt, mm-hmm. the overwhelm that so many of us end up feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So so I guess you know most people that are listening have felt some of that, right? So, so what's your, what's your advice to them? I mean, we can kind of give them some, some tactical, you know, tip kind of thing to, to just start trying or doing something different this week. I mean, besides reaching out to you or to another therapist and having a session, what's, what's something that they can even start today, you know, as soon as they finish listening to this. Yeah. 
So, I mean, a lot of that, you know, that self-doubt and the fears, they're coming from, from your brain, right? They're coming from literally your brain thinks it's in danger <laughs> and it's on survival mode. And so what I would recommend is start looking within, right? Um, and see if you can slow down and start asking and getting clear on what are the thoughts that I'm having, right? Like the, it's because your thoughts are leading to your emotions and your emotions lead to your behavior. So you want to start slowing down. And because many times I know we live in such a crazy world that we, many people don't even have the time to slow down. So I would recommend first, just like carving out time just to be with yourself, maybe just be with yourself for like 10, 15 minutes. And especially in moments when you're feeling that self-doubt and that anxiety is creeping in, I want you to really start slowing down and asking yourself, okay, what are the thoughts that I'm having right now? Right. And asking yourself, like, are these thoughts actually true? Because most of the time, these thoughts are not going to be true, right? Like it's going to be stories that we've created in our minds. And what you can start doing, right, is once you ask, and you'll probably find that the, the, the stories aren't true, right? Um, is start reframing those, those thoughts. So how can you reframe those thoughts for it to actually work for you rather than it cause more anxiety, right? Because that's what often happens is that we go into this negative spiral about whatever it is we're, we're thinking about, and it just kind of keeps going and going. And we're not really, it's harder for us to come out of that. So if we can start catching ourselves, like when we're starting to feel the anxiety creep in and, and first thing I do think when it comes to, um, anxiety and, and understanding your emotions, you want to first understand where in your body you're feeling the emotion, right? And that's how you can identify like, I'm in anxiety. So for example, when I'm in anxiety, I know that my my chest gets really tight, right? And I tend to talk really fast. That's how I'll know I'll be like, okay, I'm in anxiety. And I'll stop. And I'll just just, first of all, just remind myself, hey, I'm good. Like I'm safe. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. I'm not in danger, right? Because that's, that's our brain telling us we might be in danger. Um, when we, when we feel like anxiety come up and, um, as soon as I, I noticed that I asked myself, okay, what, what was I just thinking about? And I just get clear on that. And then I just reframe it. I just reframe it and look at it and, and really ask myself, is this actually true? And usually when, when I go through that process and I do this process, honestly, like almost every day, <laughs> like I have a process for myself to check in with myself around, are these thoughts actually true or not? If I, especially if I'm feeling anxious. Um, and I just reframe them. I just reframe them to something else that's going to actually empower me. And most of the time that helps. Um, and another simple tool, right, is literally, and this is going to, this might be a little cheesy for some people, but I literally put my hand on my heart. And actually there's studies done on this, that the, 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 just putting your hand on your heart actually calms your nervous system down, right? And it's going to, and just breathe. And I just remind myself, hey, I'm, I'm okay. I'm loved and I'm safe. And I just repeat that sometimes, especially if I don't have the moment to maybe like look at my thoughts and reframe them, right? If I'm in a place where I can't do that, I just put my hand in my heart and I just breathe and I just say, I'm loved, I'm okay, and everything's going to be fine, right? Some, and you don't have to use that exact phrase, but whatever is going to work for you. Um, but it's really just a reminder to your brain telling you that, you know, you're not in danger, right? Because that's what our human brain does. Our brain, that's that's what it does. It likes to just tell us when we're in danger. So that, that is always a helpful tool for me um, in regards to just helping with self-doubt when the self-doubt creeps in 
or when there's any self-sabotage behaviors that I'm going into, right? Because usually the self-sabotage, those behaviors are, um, are, is after I have a series of thoughts and emotions, right? And then I get into that behavior. So it's always looking back and seeing what are the thoughts that I'm having um, and identifying like where in your body the emotion is coming. And, and I would say that is probably going to be the most powerful thing for people to do first is identify like when I'm in anxiety, how, where, 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 where do I feel it? Um, Cause that helps, you know, cause sometimes, you know, because we're in autopilot, it's hard for us to know exactly what the thoughts are. Right. Some of us, like when, when I work with my clients, I'm like, okay, let's talk about the thoughts that you're having. They're like, I don't know what the thoughts are. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's feel it out then. Like where in your body are you feeling it? Right. So I think that could be an easier place for a lot of people that haven't really done this, this thought work and dove into the stories. Cause that can be a little bit harder, especially for people that just aren't exposed to this. Yeah. Well, so some good, good takeaways and a good way to kind of end up, you know, as, as far as some practical things for people to do. So again, just kind of as a little recap, because again, go back and listen to the whole thing again, because there was a lot of stuff that came out in here, right? So one that we talked about at the beginning related to, you know, your health and even some exercise, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of, you know, even doing something, even like doing a little bit of walking mm-hmm. helps you to calm down, to be more focused as well too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when it comes to some of the stuff here at the end, you know, when you start, when you notice yourself thinking a certain way, right, to kind of stop and see how, how are you feeling in your body mm-hmm. um, and kind of shift your story around that. Mm-hmm. And I love the one about just your hand over your heart, right? That again, it's, it's a, just taking that time for yourself, whether it's just for a few seconds, literally 15, 30 seconds, or if it's just sitting quietly for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, anything that we do, right, is a little, is a little something. Yeah, for sure. And it just takes a little something, right? Yeah. And, and I guess don't, don't fall into the trap that we talked about at the beginning of, oh, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, do you really, can you afford not to take the time right. to do it? Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, you know, stress and anxiety is such a big thing for people, especially now. And that is also many studies are finding that like that is what causes a lot of illness and health complications, right? So back to health and thinking about anxiety and stress, like they're kind of all interconnected. So um, so like Jason said, it's so important to just think about this as something that's going to add to your life rather than take away, right? People like to think that, oh, I don't have time. It's going to take away from my time. But it's like, how can you change the perspective and think, how can I, what can I gain from actually adding a, you know, 15, 30 minute walk and for myself to breathe and just really look within myself and seeing what, what are the thoughts that are coming up? What are the emotions that are coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, most of these things that are holding us back, the reason they're holding you back is because it's subconscious. Right. Slow down, (laughs) right? Slow your brain down, slow yourself down Mm -hmm. and and try to figure out what it is. Use some of these tools and and techniques that Ashrita has talked about um, because it does. It makes makes all the difference. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because I'm sure we've got enough stress and everything else in life that any little thing that you can do Mm -hmm. to reduce that even by a little bit, Mm -hmm. how much better is your life going to be as a result of that? Right. Absolutely. I love that. 
So Shreda, thanks for coming on. You know, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, work with you, how's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, yeah, so I do have a website. It's shridatiwari.com. So it's A-S-H-R-I-T-A-T-I-W-A-R-I.com. And if you just want to shoot me a message, I have an Instagram page as well. It's A-S-H-R-I-T-A underscore coach, C-O-A-C-H. Sweet. Well, thank you, my friend, for coming on. I learned more about you too, which is always it's one of the things that I love about doing this as well. And um, you got good stuff, helping people. And um, I know you helped a lot of people um, that are listening to this today too. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jason. I loved it. I love learning about you as well and your running, which you're going to do. I know. Yeah. You're gonna, you're, you'll see me posting some things about some of the 5Ks because that was that was as I went back and thought about it before. Um, that was one of the things that that was a way to kick myself in the butt to get it done. Mm-hmm. Is to actually just put it on the calendar, pay the registration fee, show you know, get my ass there. Wow. And uh, that works for me. <laughs> yeah, it always worked for me. Well, and I actually, I used to run a lot of them with my son when he was little, um, as well. So yeah, I just got to get back to it. Just get back to it. All right. Well, thank you again. Welcome. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast and you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.